baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. Welcome back. And you know why? Because it's NH Unscripted. I am your Bachman Turner Overdrive loving host, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from the never overly ostentatious digs of the WKXL bunkers in Concord. You are probably listening to us either on 1450 AM or 103.9 FM in Concord. And for you folks in Manchester, that would be 101.9 FM as well. You can find us. Yeah, we have an internet presence. Yes, we do. We are, yes, cutting edge. You can find us, this show, and all the other great programs here at WKXL at nhtalkradio.com. I will get into that a little bit further later in the show. I need to take a moment and thank my sponsor, Lakes Region Fence in Guilford. All right, folks, come on, you know the routine. Look out your back window. You see that thing you're calling a fence? Come on, you and I both know that's bordering on a hazmat incident. Get rid of it. Go out to lrfence.com, lrfence.com, and go take a look at what could be your fence. Matt and his crew do incredible work, and they don't use that garbage stuff you buy at some of the big stores. Uh, lumber yards, they use high-quality uh, materials, and they do everything from, I don't know, horse corrals and uh, property line and commercials and, you know, fence pools. Well, you know what fences are. I don't got to tell you all about that. LRfence.com. Fire up a pot of Java. Go out there and take a look around. They got a link where you can get a free estimate. We like free here. We love free. It just kind of rolls off the tongue real easy. Free. Matt will give you a call back. Unlike some plumbers and electricians who I have uh, tried to contact in the past who will not get back to me. That's beside the point. Matt will do it. LRFence.com. Click on it. Get a free estimate. In studio with me today, you know... NH Unscripted leans very heavily into the entertainment industry, but we are a big tent. We are a really big tent, very inclusive. And I have an interview today with a gentleman who I have been eager to get on because we're going to talk about, you know, if there's one thing that's better than drinking beer and throwing axes, it's drinking beer and barbecue. I love it. In studio with me today is Joe Bernier. From Angry Hog Barbecue up in Meredith. Good morning, Joe. Hey, Ray. It's awesome to be here. Woo, dog. I'm so glad you're here. I mean that sincerely. How are things going? Oh, pretty good. Yeah? It's been a, yeah, it's been a, a, a hectic winter, which I normally don't expect. Um, and I'm just coming off of a, a long four-day smoke and, and uh, uh, service. It, it, probably in January, I, I've... I don't move that much product, but uh, um, starting, you know, starting up in January this year, we, you know, we've already moved about 250 pounds of meat uh, in the first four days of it. So uh, hopefully that's a, a, a going to be trending upward for me and uh, um, we're going to get this thing rolling up north and, and uh, start kicking some butt. Dude, let's talk about your beginnings. Um, I noticed on your website, on your about page, you said something on there about having some relationship with Adam Richman. How did that come about? Yeah. And how did the whole thing, how did Angry, Angry uh, Hog even begin? Oh, right. So 
I guess I would start first by talking about how Angry Hog started because that was kind of the stepping stone that got me, you know, interested in, in getting involved with Adam Richmond. Um, sometime back in, in 2010 or 2011, I, I don't really remember the year, but uh, my neighbor, who happens to be my best buddy, um, he pulled into the yard uh, and he had a smoker in the back of his truck you know, brand new, fresh from Home Depot smoker. And um, that day, coincidentally, I had just pulled into the driveway with my own smoker. None of us having had any experience whatsoever. I love it. I love it. And it started a, a pretty friendly rib competition that went on for a couple of years um, of us trying to outdo each other. And uh, uh, eventually I started doing things like, you know, coming up with my own rubs and um, making my own sauces. And one time we had like this, you know, throw down and we had a dozen people over and I was like, you know, I'm gonna make my own sauce. And, I, and uh, um, I, I, I must have spent, I don't know, probably two or three weeks researching sauces and, and experimenting uh, at home. Uh, and, you know, by the time everything was done, we were ready to cook, I, I probably had four gallons of, of you know, probably 14 different sauces, and I decided, all right, this is the one I'm going to do. And so uh, I served it to everybody. Everybody loved it. And, um, you know, somebody said, you should bottle it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to bottle it because uh, I just, I don't know, I just felt like it was right to do. And, and uh, um, I went from bottling that one sauce to developing 15 different sauces. What? Yeah, and, and uh, we ended up, Getting six of them um, sold at stores and butcher shops around southern New Hampshire. Uh, we did that for a few years. Um, I, I won a couple of competitions based, you know, based on the sauce, and and uh, uh, I wasn't really into into cooking uh, that much. I just figured, you know, ribs were ribs, whatever, and it was all about the sauce for me. So, um, and one. One day uh, we were up up in uh, Guilford, uh, hanging out on the boat, and a buddy of mine came up and he's like, "Hey, you know, uh, Adam Richmond's got this new show uh, called Fandemonium. He had just left um, Man vs. Food and started another show on Travel Channel, and they were doing this thing. The show in particular was called Bikers, Boats, and Babes, and it was about being in the Lakes region and." partying and food and drink and having a good time. And he was looking for people who had boats on the lake um, who cooked and things like that. Um, or, you know, some people had, uh, had um, you know, wild cocktails and whatever. And uh, uh, my buddy and I happened to be, you know, um, cooking. We had grills on our boats and whatnot. And I thought this was a perfect opportunity to show off my sauce. Um, so I sent out I responded to uh, uh, an email to get involved, and the next thing I know, probably like two hours later, they were on my boat, the whole film crew. What? Yeah, the whole film crew, and uh, we ended up doing like lobster tails and, and uh, shrimp with my barbecue sauce, and uh, um, what turned into, you know, kind of a whim at 8 o'clock in the morning, you know, turned into a segment on a TV show by 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It was a lot of fun. Did it air on the Food Channel? Yep. Are you kidding me? Yep. Holy Toledo. Okay, th there's so much there. What so I, much there. What I really liked about that was the 
was the casualness of it because, you know, I was into the sauce and, and this seemed like oh, a perfect thing. And the food channels approach, everything that they brought to it was casual and, and they just made you feel comfortable. And I'd, I'd never had that experience before. I'd never been on television for anything. And uh, um, so that's what made it great for me. And that, that was just another... Uh, another step up for me to want to, you know. Had you ever owned a business before? Before your body? Yeah, you I, I mean, I, I uh, I've been doing construction since uh, 2003 on my own. So I've been I've been doing contracting, I don't know, 20 years plus now on my own. And uh, but the barbecue stuff that was all, you know, passion stuff, stuff I really cared about, you know. Yeah. So did you need a commercial kitchen at some point to bottle your stuff? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately, you know, once I got to a point, once I got to a point where I, um, I wanted to sell it. Yeah. Uh, I, I had to move out of my kitchen. Um, and what happened was I had done this competition out at, uh, the Monadnock Up and Smoke Festival. And I was selling, you know, my, my sauces kind of in the, in the tents of, you know, the, the homegrown, uh, uh, area where there were people were selling stuff that they made at home, you yeah. know, jams and jellies. And yeah. I, I had some sauce. And so I entered one of my sauces into their competition. Um, the, one of the sponsors of the Monadnock Up and Smoke Festival was um, a kitchen out in, uh, out in Keene. They're no longer uh, in business anymore, but it's a community kitchen where they rent out the space to people to make their own product. Um, and I won basically uh, a $500 gift certificate to try their space. So I went, I ordered a bunch of my uh, ingredients through them. And uh, I went one Saturday night with a buddy of mine. You know, we rented the space for the night and uh, ended up making like 480 bottles of sauce. And all, you know, all commercially uh, available and, and um we ended up licensing everything and getting a nutrition labels. And uh, so within a week of that, we had marketable barbecue sauce. Oh, my God. Hang on. You hear that music? You know what that means, folks. We've been through this before. Normally, I'd be getting out my glass of tang with a little bit of maple. But today, we're talking barbecue. And oh, mama, we're going to go deep. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from the Taj Mahal-like digs of the WKXL Studios in Concord. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, 101.9 FM for you folks in Manchester, you lucky souls. NHTalkRadio.com is where you'll find the archives of this show, as long as a button, as well, I mean, as a button to play it live. We're going to come back. Joe and I have some chatting to do about barbecue. Because you are listening to NH Unscripted and we need to pass the word. I am your glad-to-be-out-of-bed host, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from the digs of the WKXL studios on the mountaintops of Concord. We can be found every Wednesday and Friday mornings at 9 a.m. 
you know the drill. Get out your radio, your little transistor radio, flip it over to 1450 on the AM dial, then flip that button over to the FM side, and we are at 103.9 FM. That's for you folks in Concord. For you happy, happy, happy souls in Manchester, 101.9 FM. And for those of you who like live or archive, nhtalkradio.com. In studio with me today is the folks, well, the, the folk from Angry Hog Barbecue in Meredith, Joe Bernier. And we are peeling this onion because I have a lot to find out about barbecue. Joe, how do you make the leap from making sauce to saying, I think I should be cooking instead or as well? Yeah, I um it was kind of like equal parts of of uh you know being um exhausted as a contractor and wanting a change you know uh and, and uh, opportunity so um i have been uh involved in being up at the lakes region for years and years i love being up there any excuse to be by the lake for me is uh, is gold so uh one year there was an opportunity to uh, lease a kitchen right on the Weir's Beach Pier. Uh, it was short money. Uh, it was a, a three or four month deal. And um, so I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to step back from building and, and I'm going to pursue something I've, I've been loving to do every day. Uh, I can't even think of a, a week where I didn't have smoked meat at home. And I was like, you know, what? I want to share this. I want to. I, I want to um, really push this to the next level. So we leased the kitchen and um, started serving uh, on the pier as Angry Hog Barbecue. And, uh, we, you know, I went from doing a few pounds of meat a week to, you know, almost 1,000 pounds of, uh, of, of meat from May to September of 2018. Man, oh, man. So what is – okay, so it's two different processes, though. Yeah. Bottling sauce – and cooking barbecue. Yeah. Now you said you had started your barbecue. I mean, your um, cooking on a home smoker. Mm -hmm. Did you continue to use that up when you were at Rivers uh, Beach? No, no, no. That one, uh, that one, sadly caught fire, and and uh, <laughs> that, we've moved on quite far. Warning, from that. yeah. Warning to all you home cookers. Yeah, uh, um, you know, uh, as as things evolve, and you have to produce more and more uh, product. You need to go with bigger and bigger smokers, and uh, so we had to upgrade the old uh, side burner smoker um, and let that one go. It was pretty much a, a warped piece of metal at that point, anyway. So, yeah. um, so that that for us was something we were able to produce long smokes and and uh, hundreds of pounds of meat on, and um, it was kind of key to being able to be commercial commercially viable so um so we ran that restaurant up up through 2018 um and i ended up having uh, a pretty bad experience with uh um, my business partner who was pretty uneducated and boorish about barbecue and for him it was about it was all about money and he just couldn't wrap his head around how how operating a restaurant you know worked and 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 how you're uh, you know you don't get your investment back uh, the first season huh. in, in anything 
Huh. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> apparently not everybody knows that. <clears throat> so anyway, so um, he backed out in a pretty bad way and, and a hurtful way, and it ended up shutting down the uh, shutting us down for that that season. And uh, I was determined to keep Angry Hog going, so uh, I went back into construction and started working uh, a lot, probably you know sixty, seventy hours a week to try to you know build up, refill the coffers, so to speak. And we ended up buying a food truck. Um, I had one built down in Georgia. I brought it up uh, in early 21. And uh, I basically installed the entire kitchen myself, an entire commercial kitchen inside the food trailer. It was an empty shell when I got it. And my buddy, uh, the the guy I com- you know had the friendly competition with, uh, him and I drove down to Georgia, picked it up brought it home and uh, I installed all the equipment and got my licensing through New Hampshire and um, within probably three or four weeks of picking up the trailer we were open for business again man oh man yeah. all right I want to get into the weeds a little bit here sure your original cooker was it an offset yep it was yeah so it was a stick burner yes you did okay yep. um, when you decided you needed to upgrade and what was that process like? Because I'm assuming you just don't go out and buy a just a, a little bigger stick burner. Yeah, Did yeah. Especially uh, you know, operating in a place like uh, Weir's Beach, you can't just throw a big stick burner outside. There's a lot of restrictions uh, uh, with with uh, food services. Uh, we ended up going with a, a pellet smoker. You did, yeah. It's a it was a commercial pellet smoker. It's not yeah. not like the like a Traeger you'd find at Home Depot, but yep. uh, this was a, a large size one, and it's designed to fit under a kitchen hood so it can uh, uh, evacuate the smoke properly, um, and it has a whole bunch of safety features and things. Uh, I found that one a little restrictive as far as uh, it didn't really get the smoke flavor an offset does. Offsets are as far as I'm concerned, uh, that is the one uh, smoke piece of smoking equipment that puts on the most smoke will give you the most flavor. And I, I don't mean like puts on a ton of smoke, but yeah. it just lets that flavor of that wood get into the meat. You know, um, uh, pellets don't quite do the job. Mm-hmm. Um, they can if you operate them properly. If, if you uh, run them at low temperatures, they smoke more. So you have to figure out how to how to, to gradually crank up that smoke uh, to get the smoke into the meat and then allow the pellets to be to, to the fuel to cook the meat. So you'd start real low, around 180. That gets you the most smoke on a pellet smoker. And then you run that for a little bit, but at some point you've got to get that meat up to temperature right. uh, and cooking, so you've got to raise it up. And it's a how long you choose to run it on smoke before you decide to run it on cook that imparts the flavor yeah and, uh, so there's a, a little trick with that um you can add smoke tubes and things like that into, into a um, pellet smoker and th- that works as well um and now we're we're burning with a uh, um kind of a stick burner we're burning with a southern pride 350 which basically is a uh, you you put three or four logs in and it's propane assisted so uh, it is yeah so the pro- the propane basically will maintain the heat in the unit and how much wood you put into it depends on that. That kind of sets the tone for how much wood flavor you get into the meat. You can also operate it without propane. You can operate it as a 
uh, stick burner, but it takes a little bit more vigilance and a little bit more of your time up. Yeah, so, so it's a 350. Um, it, you now, in a minute, I'm going to ask you about your new, uh, your new brick and mortar uh, sure. outfit. But are, is that 350? Did you ever max it out? Have you ever like needed? Yeah, to I, go? Fill, I filled every shelf in it. You, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I do a lot of uh, catering uh, up in the Lakes region, and sometimes uh, I, I have some pretty large orders. Um, and I did a gig for uh, a Governor's Island Association, and I filled that thing up to the to the top. Like, yeah. No more shelves. Uh, and uh, it was the longest loading and unloading process and, you know, processing uh, I've ever had to do. It was exhausting. Do you have a series of, like, warmers and stuff that you can keep yeah. things in? Yeah. You do. Yeah, we use uh, we basically just use um, warming proofing cabinets, yep. um, electronic ones that keep it at exactly the temperature we want, and um, and that's really the best way to go. Yeah. So you're um, are you a stickler for certain kinds of wood that you use for flavor? Um, right now, I'm. I, I mean, really like hickory. You do. Yeah. You do. That's and interesting. I, and I like I like hickory for everything, um, only because. It's for me. It's consistent. I, I I know the burn. Sometimes when you use things like mesquite, um, I hate mesquite. It can be overly say, yeah. It can be overly smoky, and I don't mean just the smoky flavor. Yeah, yeah. Because so, what happens is that burns with more smoke. So if you put as much mesquite in as you would hickory, yeah, you get twice the smoke out of it. Mm. So you got to play the game. Oh, hang on, put a tack in that one. Well, not quite talking about our Swanson TV dinners here this week, are we? Heck no, heck no. We're branching out. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your smiling host, Ray Dudley. In house with me today is Joe Bernier from Angry Hog up in uh, Meredith. We are coming to you from the Palatial Digs. Oh, it's like a spa in here. Studios of WKXL in Concord. You're probably listening to us on 1450 AM or 103.9 FM. Or for you folks in Manchester, 101.9 FM. Otherwise, you can find us at nhtalkradio.com. More on that link later. We got a lot to talk. We're never going to get through it all. I just know it. Joe, we got a lot to do. We'll be back. to NH Unscripted. Ooh, I am your barbecue-loving host, Ray Dudley, having the time of my life. I can't believe I get to do this. We are coming to you from the Taj Mahal-like digs of WKXL Studios, high on the mountaintops of Concord. You are listening to us either at 1450 AM or 103.9 FM in Concord or 101.9 FM in Manchester. You blessed souls down there. Out at nhtalkradio.com are the archives of this show and all of the other programs found here at the WKXL studios. And there is a button for you to listen to live. This show comes to you every Wednesday and Friday mornings, 9 a.m. 
drive time, drive time. And we are talking barbecue today with Joe Bernier from Angry Hog Bar. Joe, where did that name come from? <laughs> I, um, when I first started making sauces, uh, my thing about sauces was to make them spicy. I love you. And hot. Oh, so I, I wanted, I wanted uh, you to be able to taste what was in it. So if I said this was a, a, a jalapeno maple rub or, or, or sauce, it better taste like it. So I wanted to call it Angry Hog because I feel like I could offer different levels of heat to people and be like, yeah, that one's really going to get you. Did I just drool on myself? <laughs> a little oh my bit. God. Yeah, <laughs> I'm having a great time. Joe, so you and I both know that a brisket is different from ribs, is different from pork belly burnt ends. They all require it. A, a really good amount of knowledge to cook mm-hmm. them because they're all different. Yep. One's pork, one's beef, one you know, one's bacon basically. Um, what do you do? How do you figure all that out? Well, do you cook them all at the same time? Can you? I I can put them all in the smoker at the same time, but master. sometimes I do a little bit. Um, like I like to do my chicken a little bit higher temperature than I do uh, my brisket. Um, the thing, uh, I'll say this about pulled pork, it's a workhorse. You can put it in at any temperature, and that thing's, as long as you got the timing right, it's going to taste just as good as if it was smoked at 220 or 275. I need a bib. I yeah. need someone hand me a bib. Jeez, I'm all over myself here. Go ahead. The big thing is is just about knowing uh, when, uh, when, when to rub and spice uh, your meat. Um, how much salt and sugar level you should have on it. Uh, and once you get those dialed in, it is a question of time, but ultimately just because a book says uh, a nine-pound pork butt takes eight hours, uh, that's not necessarily true. Every cut of meat is different, um, and every piece you get is different. You know, uh, I get in two cases of pork butt, and uh, you can look at it. You can kind of see by how much fat is in it and, and how big the cuts are. You know how long it's going to end up being in the smoker, you know, and um, it's all about kind of the way I would describe it is feel. You got kind of got to go into that smoker and you got to check it. Um, each meat's got kind of a, a certain give or a jiggle to it, um, and you know, pork butt uh, you can tell immediately. Uh, we do what's called probe tender on all of our meat. So basically, if you can take the probe, and you might want to get your bib out for this, but if you can. <laughs> Take the probe. He's looking out for me. <laughs> and, that, and, and, and slide it into the meat, and it feels like you're pushing it through a stick of butter. Yeah. That is the signal that that Ooh, piece of meat is, is ready to be pulled. My God, I could die a happy yep. man right now. And, and that's, that, that pretty much goes with uh, every cut. Yeah. Um, probe tender is kind of like the rule of thumb. Um, you know, you definitely want to keep uh, – use, use time as a window. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a good brisket should take about 12 to 16 hours. It all depends on the temperatures outside, humidity, all that stuff. What about, you said a good brisket. I want to ask you, does the quality of the meat make a difference? Are you using prime or choice or select? Um, I will, I'll, I'll typically use choice. You know, it's mid, mid-grade. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest difference between... Uh, going from to select and choice is what happens to the meat when you take it out of the smoker. It's uh, 
when you put a, a select piece of brisket in the smoker and it starts out at 13 pounds, it's coming out at 7 pounds. Mm. And it's like half the size. Yeah, Doesn't make it any less of a taste, but you have to understand that if, if you're putting 161 pounds of, uh, of uh, brisket into the smoker that's select, you're going to get 100 pounds of meat out of it tops. Dang. And uh, it's just because the amount of, of fat and, and and a lot of it too is when you get it there's a, there's kind of a bigger fat cap on it you know and, and it's a little less processed and uh, there's a lot more fat naturally occurring in the in the meat so um, a lot of it breaks down and with you have to do more the, trimming with select a little bit yeah yeah a little bit and and sometimes you just you you just don't get the right amount of of meat to fat ratio yeah and yeah so. A lot of you get a lot of shrinkage, and uh, uh, so I I go with choice most of the time. But you know sometimes um, the meat sources, you know the places I get my meat from, you know uh, I get beat to the punch by the bigger guys, and you know I have to go with select sometimes. Just it just takes a little bit more work on, yeah. on the finishing end. Um, well, that's a lot of loss. Yeah, I mean that's right, and that that's why you know select is. 50 cents less a pound but yeah. the, the truth is is you're throwing out 70 cents a pound yeah, just to yeah, get to it yeah. yeah so really if you think you're saving money by buying select you're actually spending more on invisible food because when you open it up it's not there dude it's all just drained yeah. away yeah oh that's terrible yeah so uh, the quality kind of makes a difference yeah um but you can smoke anything you really can um and getting getting back to like you know things like the the rubs you know there are keys to remember to do, like getting your ratios right, um, making sure that you're, you're you're rubbing the meat at the right time. Okay, don't like come home, throw a bunch of rub on on some ribs, and put them on the smoker the next day. You're gonna suck all of the moisture out of out of that food because you got to remember every rub's got salt in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have no, uh, I I could care less whether you use a commercial rub or you make your own. Um, you just have to control that ratio of salt and sugar. You know, um, if you put sugars on beef, uh, the sugar tends to burn a little bit because mm-hmm. um, it's such a been long there, smoke. Been there, yep. So you try to avoid yep. that. There are some commercial rubs that put a little bit of sugar in it. Um, I have this thing about uh, uh, a couple commercial rubs that I really love, and I, I like them so much I sometimes cut them into my rubs. I make all of my rubs myself. Um, just because I can control the portions. Dude, where do you find the time for that? Plus uh, all that cooking. It's just you know. You know. First of all, a brisket rub is pretty simple: salt, okay. SBG, pepper, yeah. garlic. Um, I like to use instead of iodized or uh, sea salt. I like to use um, seasoned salt. So, like a mineral salt or something, or some kind you, of a you, you know Lowry's so like fla- yeah, Lowry's yeah, yeah. Salt? yeah, yeah. So. I like to use that because you and Harry Sue. Yeah, it will. It, it actually has a little bit of garlic in it, a little little paprika, um, and it's just a. It's a little bit more complex than regular salt is, but it still does the same job. Yeah. Where it will pull that moisture, uh, um, and help that fat break down. Yeah. So uh, I'm a huge fan of that. I'm, I'm not big into the, you know uh, coarse, regular salt. Some guys are. Yeah. Some guys have that technique right. I just prefer. Seasoned salt, uh, number sixteen ground pep- ground pepper, and a little like I'll shake a little garlic on the top, not even on the on the bottom side, just on the top over the uh, mm-hmm. fat cap. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
did COVID, the, the period of COVID uh, uh, exploded a lot of things, you know, because all of a sudden people are online, they're not working. They're yeah. not, and did you find a boom in your business because uh, the barbecue in general with people going out now, they're watching Meat Church, they're watching Mad Scientist, they're watching uh, Harry Sue, you know, uh, all of these barbecue experts who they probably never heard of before. Yeah. Did you find that a big boom to you? I found that it it educated a lot of people who wanted to eat my barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was a good or bad thing, they had no problem chiming in and letting me know uh, about <laughs> huh. what was going on. And, and I understood it because uh, I did the same thing. I mean, I spent a year sitting at home, you know, uh, man, I, I watch I watch every, every video that you could watch. Yeah. I, I taught funny. myself how to build a smoker uh, on there. And... Uh, um, some of my favorite stuff, Meat Church. I uh, love, love Meat, Meat Church. Church. Me uh, too. Um, it, I use a couple, uh, like I use this Texas Texas Sugar Rub. On, you do? Yeah. On, I tried it, didn't like it. Yeah, I use it on, on ribs at ah. home. I do it at home because I like, I like to kind of shake things up. Yeah. So That cannot be. It cannot <laughs> be. All right, we're putting down our Carnation Instant Breakfast because we're replacing it with barbecue today from Angry Hog up in Meredith. Oh, we got one more block to go. Where am I going to go? I had so much I had to ask. Joe, 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 you're going to leave me hanging. You are listening to NH Unscripted. We are coming to you from the incredible monk-like conditions of the WKXL Studios in Concord. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM. And for you wonderful folks down in Manchester, 101.9 FM. Hey, after the show's over, go out to nhtalkradio.com and you can hear the archives of all the other great episodes of NH Unscripted. Joe and I get some important stuff to talk about when we get back. Could read my mind, love. What a tale my heart would tell. You are listening to NH Unscripted, and as you can tell, I'm happy to be out of bed today, out of the home, and in the office. Oh. We are coming to you from the beautiful, 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 almost six flags like conditions of the WKXL Studios in Concord. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM. That's where you can find us. You know that. You've been through this before. 101.9 FM in Manchester. And this show, as well as all the other wonderful, wonderful, wonderful programming here at WKXL can be found at nhtalkradio.com. We have one more block to get through. Joe Bernier from Angry Hog Barbecue and Meredith. Oh, he's got me out on a leash. I am trying to get through this. Joe. You told me you just opened up your first brick-and-mortar yep. establishment? Yep. Fill me in on that. How'd that come about? Well, uh, at the end of the season this year, because, you know, we, we've been a seasonal food trailer now for the last three years, um, I was approached by some friends of ours who own Twin Barns Brewing in Meredith and North Woodstock, New Hampshire. Um, they acquired a building in North Woodstock. It used to be called Peg's Diner. 
uh, across from Merlin's and, and uh, just down the road from the uh, uh, Woodstock Inn yeah. Brewery. Anyway, uh, you know, they're a brewery and they're really just interested in doing beer. Hmm. And they've got this beautiful, beautiful kitchen out back. Uh, huge. And for me, it's it's uh, three times the kitchen that I've ever been in. So uh, they reached out to me and they were like, hey, you know, we have this huge kitchen and we're not going to use it. We have no interest in, in what? It. Yeah. So would you like to use the kitchen and kind of be the food? We'll be the beer. You be the food. So that started a collaboration where we're working together as partners, uh, kind of in tandem pushing Twin Barns Brewing, which uh, frankly is some of the best beer in New Hampshire, and pushing what I'm hoping is some of the best barbecue in New Hampshire at the same time. I've eaten at a lot of them. I'm telling you, I love your place. Yeah, so you know, going from uh, a few picnic tables in Meredith, which is awesome, by the way. I've really had a great time in Meredith. And uh, uh, going from the picnic tables outside to, uh, and for those of you who summered in New Hampshire this year, you know that uh, 18 out of the 20 weekends, uh, it rained. And it's tough to sell. It well. <laughs> it's tough to sell barbecue in the rain. I'm going to be honest with you. Only the real diehards like Ray here are the ones who actually show up to get ribs. Keep floating. Yeah. So. Um, this new place uh, has about 119 seats inside and 59 seats outside. So I'm going from two picnic tables uh, and a handful of tables out on the lawn to uh, being able to serve up to 170 people at a time. And uh, it's a huge leap in growth for us. Um, we've invested in some new equipment. And, uh, you know, just like uh, a Jedi needs to build his own lightsaber. He say Jedi. Oh, I've, I love you. I've I've built my own smoker, and I'm very excited about it. You so, did, yeah, you yeah. did. So this is my first first new smoker. Uh, I'm still using the old um, Southern Pride 350. Uh, that thing's a workhorse. It's 40 years old, and I'm hoping to get another like 40 Chud, years out of Chud's it. Chud's barbecue. He makes his own stuff too. Oh yeah, yeah. I love yeah. It. In, in fact, Chud's uh, uh, is the one who kind of kind of uh allayed my fears so to speak and you know uh um i came across some some stuff online and i was like I'm, all right i'm gonna buy it and build my own how and, big uh, what'd you make uh it holds about 200 pounds 225 yeah. pounds yeah uh um, what are you calling it the bernie 8250 uh, no we're calling it the franken smoker <laughs> all right all right because uh <laughs> uh it's built from many parts from many dead things so uh, but it, it's alive and well, and uh, it's really putting out good. Uh, I use it exclusively for my ribs and chicken, and uh, it's it's putting out some good ribs. Is it gonna stay up there, or is it down here? You... Oh yeah, no, it, it it's up there. It, it is. It's a fixture in the kitchen right it now. Is. So yeah, yep. Wow. Yep. So we're um we, we we've uh, refined a few things on our our, our menu uh, of fifteen items. We've added something like another. Ten more items and uh, um, side dishes or meat. Uh, um, mostly side dishes or other other choices. You know, we one thing that I was adamant about doing is not having like a deep fryer in my food trailer because my food trailer in the summertime gets up to one hundred and five. My record was one hundred and eight degrees one one day in that trailer, and uh, so I was like, I am not putting a fryer later in this thing. And so we added a fryer later. Um, my wife and I both have experience in, in 
in uh, breading and frying things and uh, and uh, so we added a few things to the menu that we normally couldn't have in Meredith uh, and a few more sandwiches things like that and, and um, I don't know that we're going to be developing a huge menu but we definitely have a great variety which I think is awesome to offer people you know coming off the mountain from skiing yes. or so you know coming in and getting a nice warm belly full of chili you know oh, Texas brisket chili of course of course, of uh, course. chili and uh, um, soups things like that yeah and and in the summertime uh you know we're going to be rolling smoke outside and you'll be able to sit and enjoy the picnic tables and the smoke and the view of the mountains and you got to give me right, first of all do you have a website yeah what's the uh, address it's uh angryhogbbq.com excellent you are at your your new place is off of exit 32 is that correct in yes, lincoln sir. yep it's uh it's 99 main street in Woodstock, New Hampshire. Great. So when you come off that exit, you take a right. Yeah, you take a right, and yep. right when you get to the uh, the corner where the lights are. Yep. Uh, we're the red building next to the Chinese restaurant. You are. Yeah. You're that close. Yep. Oh my God, I had no idea. Yep. Wow. Yep, we're wow, right wow. in the heart of kind of where everybody hangs out on Main Street. Oh so. yeah, yeah, I know that corner yeah. real well. Yep. Because I've been up there once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, um, we're going to run out of time, so I need to ask, what would you say is your number one dish? What are you particularly proud of that you make? All day long, brisket. Yeah, I love brisket. Um, I, I, I can brisket. just I can just tell when it comes off the smoker. Yeah. Um, I don't even have to think about it. Yeah. And that's the best part. And uh, um, I would love more people to uh, try my ribs because I think they're awesome. Uh-huh. But you know when when your brisket's off the hook, it's tough to sell ribs to people who know that yes, your brisket's really that good. That was a drop, Mike. But I will, right there. I will tell you, try the ribs sometime. They are awesome. Yeah, yeah. So do you, you don't use the same rub for everything, right? No. Oh, it, no. So I say that because I was in a barbecue restaurant here in New Hampshire, and I swear they use the same rub on everything, their chicken, their pork, their, their beef. And I, I thought, this doesn't kind of fit this meat I was eating. I, yeah. I had their chicken. I'm like, mm, I had... This doesn't fit. It, it didn't. It didn't right. work for me. I think they just liked it was like a house. Yeah, rub and, or and it's. I don't think it's out of laziness. It's it's out of convenience. Mm. You know, when you're trying to put out that much meat, sometimes it's easier to reach into the same bucket to do yeah. everything. Um, it, the thing is, is uh, each meat, you know, has a different profile, and you have to uh, watch out to not be putting sugar on your beef. You yeah. have to make sure you're putting sugar on your pork. Um, not a lot, but just enough, almost equal parts to, to salt. Not quite. I like to be about 30, 40% sugar and the rest, you know, as balanced to salt and things like chicken. Uh, I like chicken to be a little bit more peppery, um, and a little bit more garlicky than you would get from a normal rub. You do burnt ends. Oh yeah. Yes. 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 If you don't understand what burnt ends are, let, let me give you let me Fire walk you through away. it real quick. Okay, so burnt ends uh, are basically the point of a brisket. So the way we do it is, I do service. You know, when people buy brisket from me, I sell it in slices, and I'll put a little chunks off the bur- off the uh, off the point. But when I get to a certain uh, point of the cut, um, let's say I've got a third of the brisket left, and it's all point. I'll take that. I'll set it aside. Um, and the next time I smoke, I'll chunk that up and I'll throw it back in the smoker covered in barbecue sauce and, and a little bit more rub. And you just leave it in the smoker for like an hour. 
And it's basically you're you're smoking what you've already smoked, but you've now you've added more smoke, more more yes. Yes. barbecue sauce, which which now there is a god. Now you're introducing that sugar to beef, yeah. and now you're letting that that sugar caramelize uh, and get crispy on on the beef, which is fine. You know, smoking it for that one hour. So that's all it takes. Chop up a little of your point, put some barbecue sauce on it, throw it back in the smoker for an hour. Boom, burn ends, burn ends all day long. Joe, are you married? Because I'll marry you if you're not. I am. In fact, my, in fact, my uh, my wife said I'd marry you again today because because she, <laughs> she had some ribs this morning for oh, breakfast. Oh yes. So. Oh, for breakfast. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, that's a keeper. Yeah. Oh my God, I, I could play the Joker right now. I'm smiling from ear to ear. You have been listening to NH Unscripted. I am your dying for some brisket host, Ray Dudley. Happy to have brought in Joe Bernier from the Angry Hog Barbecue Meredith. Joe, I had so many more things I wanted to ask. I may have to get you back in here later. We are coming to you from the digs of the WKXL Studios in Concord. You've been listening to us either on 1450 AM or 103.9 FM. And maybe you're in Manchester. And maybe you were listening to us on 101.9 FM. Or maybe you caught us out at nhuckradio.com. Either way, we're happy you came along for the ride. Barbecue, baby. Barbecue. It's in my blood. Thank you, Joe. Thank you.